What is up everybody, JT Sports here, back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my NFL Week 7 reactions. We're going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Panthers dominating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington Commanders pulling off a shocking upset over the Green Bay Packers. If this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, Welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore and on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast on YouTube, make sure that you go ahead, drop a like and subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you check out the JT Sports podcast available on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. Make sure that you go ahead, check it out, and leave a five-star review. Listen to the JT Sports Podcast on all podcasting platforms and leave a five-star review. The Miami Dolphins defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-10 at home to improve to 4-3 and on the season. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to 2-5, and and their offensive struggles continue. Kenny Pickett did not play as bad as what the box score may indicate. He completed 32 out of 44 of his passes, throwing for 257 passing yards. He threw one touchdown and had three interceptions. Now, one of those three interceptions came early in this game, and it wasn't really Kenny Pickett's fault. The receiver tripped and fell, and it was an easy pick for the Miami Dolphins defensive back. But... The last two interceptions that he threw on the last two drives of this game were absolutely egregious. And they really frustrated me because they were rookie mistakes. They were Kenny Pickett trying to force something that simply was not there. The interception by Javon Holland. I could see that coming from a mile of weight. I don't know what it was, but as soon as Pittsburgh got out of the huddle or they called the play, I immediately knew that it was going to Deontay Johnson and that it was going to be an interception. And it happened. And I just don't understand if you're Kenny Pickett, why make that throw? If I could see it coming, I'm pretty sure you definitely could see it coming. I'm pretty sure the whole stadium knew where that ball was going and who it was going to. And then the last interception was even more outrageous. Why would you throw that, Kenny Pickett? Why? You knew doggone well Deontay Johnson was covered. You knew it. You knew Noah Igbenogany had that play shut down. Why would you still throw the ball, especially in that situation? And what makes it even more frustrating is that Kenny Pickett in this game put Pittsburgh in position to win but then put Pittsburgh in position to lose right after and it was a mixed bag there was a lot of flashes as a matter of fact if you can take away the interceptions Kenny Pickett played a really good game he was getting the ball out quick he was making pretty good decisions for the most part until the fourth quarter And his accuracy was pretty on point for the most part, unless Pittsburgh was trying to take shots downfield, which is something that the Steelers offense has struggled to do all season, generating big plays downfield in the passing game. But 
Kenny Pickett's turnovers were just really frustrating for me. But I definitely feel like Kenny Pickett has improved every single week. And I did like what I saw despite the loss and despite the interceptions. I think that he's going to be fine. Everybody's so quick to label everybody a bust nowadays. Why can't nobody be patient? Kenny Pickett played like a rookie quarterback in this game. There was a lot of positives and a lot of negatives to be taken away. But mostly the things that I have issues with when it comes to Kenny Pickett should be able to be fixed with more reputation, experience. I think that the Steelers are going to be fine with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. However, this run game has to improve. And the Steelers have more success running the football outside of the tackles than they do running the ball in between the tackles. And the Steelers' run game is so bad that Matt Canada refuses to run the ball in third and short situations. Do you know how many times Pittsburgh was put in third and three and they decided to throw the football instead of running it? Do you know how many NFL teams will run the football in third and three situations? Probably 80% of teams will run the ball. Pittsburgh can't. And that's really, really disappointing. And not only only is it disappointing, but it's a big hindrance to the offense because you're in a third and short situation. If you can pick up three, three yards, you easily move the chains. And you would think that the Steelers would have an easier time converting in third and short situations than they would third and long situations. But they're just as bad in third and long situations than they are in third and short. And their refusal to run the football on third and three kind of tells us everything we need to know about the Steelers running game and how much confidence Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff have in it. And I don't really think they have too much. And I don't care if Najee Harris got 17 carries. Shoot, he should have got more carries on third and short. I don't understand that. We're... You're you calling rollouts, you're calling all these passing plays, but yet it's third and short, and you're going two and seven because you don't want to run the football. That makes no sense, even if the Pittsburgh Steelers are a bad running team, which they are. You still, if you play the analytics, should be able to do better than two and seven in third down situations if you at least run the football there. I would like to believe that the Steelers could at least convert in third and third and three running the football four times out of seven. And maybe four out of seven is giving them a little bit too much credit. Maybe three out of seven. But either way, the Steelers could have had so much success on third down if they were a little bit more confident in running the football outside the tackle. Because running the football in between the tackles isn't working. They had a lot of success running outside the tackles. As a matter of fact, their best run plays of the night came when it was outside zone. So, the run game still isn't there for Pittsburgh. The Dolphins defense, they weren't even really fully healthy. Like, they had, like, backup defensive backs playing, backup corners. 
And yet, this Steelers offense still struggled. The offensive line, when you look at the offensive tackles, I mean, everybody goes off PFF, but the PFF scores are so deceptive when it comes to determining how good the Steelers' offensive line is because they get the ball out so quick and so fast, the offensive linemen don't have to pass protect for that long. This offensive line isn't good. However, they played good enough to give the Steelers chances to win this game in the passing game. At the end of the day, the Steelers, how far they go this season, is going to be heavily dependent upon Kenny Pickett. The schedule is too tough for the Steelers to be relying on their defense to carry them throughout the season. That's not going to be a winning formula for Pittsburgh this year. If Pittsburgh is going to be able to make it to the postseason this season, this offense has to do better than putting up 10 points per game. They got to be able to at least score a 20. And for Pittsburgh, you look at how their defense played in this game. The Dolphins scored on their first three offensive possessions. I thought this thing was going to be the Buffalo Bills part two. I thought the Dolphins were going to come in and blow out Pittsburgh after how they started this game up 13-0. But Mike Tomlin and Terra Austin, the defensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, did a very good job at making adjustments after that first quarter. The defense played much better. They only gave up three points after that. And they were really phenomenal at keeping the Miami Dolphins out of the end zone. There were a lot of good drives that the Miami Dolphins had. And if you watch this game, the Dolphins offense was pretty much getting whatever they wanted in the middle of the field. For the Steelers, defense, the pass rush, for some reason, couldn't get home. Tua was really elusive in this game. And they were getting the ball out really, really fast. I mean, the first quarter, it was boom, 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 boom. I was like, oh my goodness. But... The Steelers were able to settle in. And I want to give a shout out to Terrell Edmonds because he actually played a pretty good game. He made a couple of big plays. He had that big pass breakup on Tyreek Hill, which it looked like Tyreek Hill was going to score because it looked like Levi Wallace got burnt. So good job on Terrell Edmonds making that play there. He did have a drop interception, which you would have loved him to have, but you got to give him props for being in position to at least make a play on the ball. And since we're talking about drop interceptions, I mean, the Dolphins got really fortunate that the Steelers defense had the case of the Butterfingers tonight because there were four interceptions that the Steelers left on the field in this game. And if the Steelers would have capitalized and they were able to actually come down with some of those interceptions, they probably would have won this game. Because even though their offense struggled for pretty much the whole entire game, if you give the Steelers offense good field position, they can at least get in the field goal range. And they got no problem putting three points on the board with Chris Boswell. But the Dolphins offensively in this game, In the second half, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought that this offense had a lot of things that were going their way that they kind of shot away from in the second half. They weren't attacking the middle of the field as much, and the run game wasn't as good 
as what it was in the first half of this game with Raheem Mostert. But overall, the Miami Dolphins, I still think that this is a team that I'm pretty high on. Before Tua got injured, I thought that this was the third best team in the AFC behind the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And with how Tua looked in this game, the Steelers' defense is really good. Okay, I think that Tua, for his first game back, this was a pretty good performance on his behalf. And as he continues to settle in and get more comfortable in this Mike McDaniel offense, this Dolphins team is going to continue to get better. And I think that this is a Dolphins team that by the time we get to Thanksgiving, they're going to be playing their best football. And they're probably going to be in that contention for one of those top four seeds in the postseason even though they do have to catch up to the Buffalo Bills, but I do think that they can do that. I don't think that the Buffalo Bills are going to go the rest of the season without losing a couple more games. I think they can at least slip up and lose two or three more. So I do think that the Dolphins are going to have an opportunity to catch up in this division with the Bills. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got the Philadelphia Eagles coming up. And after seeing how that run defense performed in this game, God help us all. And after seeing how that offense looked, it looks like this might be another tough game for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, this is a Steelers team that always plays their best ball when it seems like their backs are against the wall. And Kenny Pickett did have a couple of good drives in this game. In the second quarter, he led a 13-play, 86-yard touchdown drive to George Pickens inside of the red zone he also had a good scramble on third and long that converted and kept the drive alive for Pittsburgh so I just think that with Kenny Pickett he just had the kind of game that you expect from a rookie quarterback mixed bag showed a lot of flashes also had a good amount of mistakes there that costed the Steelers this game because you can't deny and say that Kenny Pickett didn't have the Steelers in position to win this game because he did. He just unfortunately put Pittsburgh in a situation where they lost the game because of his costly interceptions trying to make plays that were not there to be made. But let me know how you guys feel about the Miami Dolphins defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 16 to 10 and proving to four and three on the season. The Carolina Panthers, led by interim head coach Steve Wilkes and third-string quarterback P.J. Walker, dominate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3, earning their second win of the season. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers fall to below 500 at 3-4. and four. I don't know how you Carolina Panthers feel about this win. Some of you guys may be really happy about this win. You're still hopeful that this season can turn around. And some of you guys may be like, you know what? These people just keep on doing everything wrong. Why are we trying to win games? Now you're just keeping us from getting a shot at Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with the number one overall pick. But regardless of how you feel and where you lie on this side of the argument, it always feels good to get a win. And I still feel like tanking in the NFL still isn't the best way to build a successful franchise. And plus tanking this early into the season, I'm not I can't really get on board with it. I can understand 
if it was week 13 and the Panthers were pretty much pl- playing for nothing but pride. But I mean, there still is a lot of football left. And when you look at how Carolina performed in this game, their defense played really well. And yes, I know that Tampa Bay's offense has been the shell of itself this year. However, Carolina's defense only allowed Tampa Bay to enter the red zone once in this game. And the one trip that Tampa Bay had in the red zone, Carolina forced them to come away with a field goal. Not just that, but Carolina's defense got multiple stops on fourth down, getting the Buccaneers offense off the field and getting their offense back on the field and tiring out that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. You see, the Buccaneers, since Todd Bowles arrived in Tampa Bay, have always had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. However, this season, their run defense has declined. The Carolina Panthers had 173 rushing yards as a team. And remind you that the Carolina Panthers, prior to entering this game, were not a good rushing team statistically. Plus, they just traded Chris McCaffrey a couple of days ago to San Francisco. And despite that, Carolina just imposed their will on the ground, especially late in the second half of this game. Deontay Foreman had 15 carries for 118 rushing yards. He had a big 60-yard run in the second half of this game. And Todd Bowles talked about it a little bit in his post-game press conference. He said it was a blown assignment. But this run defense for the Buccaneers has regressed. And this isn't the only thing about this Buccaneers team that has regressed. I mean, the whole entire team has regressed. And it has to be really frustrating to be a Buccaneers fan watching this game. Because you know that you have the better team. And despite having the better, more talented team, you get dominated. And when that happens, that's a reflection upon the coaching. The coaching for Tampa Bay has not been up to par this year. Now, Tampa Bay, I feel, is still going to be fine. I think they're going to turn things around sooner rather than later, and they're going to find a way to get into the postseason. However, the only reason I have confidence that the Buccaneers are going to be able to turn this thing around is only because of Tom Brady. Once Tom Brady leaves... I don't know what the future is going to have in store for the Buccaneers franchise with Todd Bowles at the Hellmat head coach. And I'm not saying Todd Bowles is the head coach, but right now, this is a trial run for him. This is his second go as a head coach in the NFL. And right now, the Buccaneers are three and four. And there's a lot of pressure to get this thing turned around. And the offense in this game for Tampa Bay was just inexcusably bad. Mike Evans. The third player of the game dropped a wide open touchdown. Nobody was near him. I think the cornerback had fell on the play. Wide open touchdown, dropped it. And you know what? That dropped pretty much has summed up how this season has been for the Buccaneers up to this point. Poor execution, not being well coached. I mean, the Buccaneers, last season, were fifth in the NFL in third down conversion percentage. They converted on third down 
48.80% of the time in 2021. 2020, they were ninth in the NFL in third down conversion percentage. This season, they're 26. Converting on third downs, 35% of the time. And Tampa Bay's offense has always been, I don't want to say conservative, because Tom Brady has always been a little bit of a, I don't want to say a conservative quarterback, but he's always been a quarterback that has been super selective when it comes to picking, when to push the issue, when to be aggressive, and when to take the check down. But in this game, I just feel like the Buccaneers were just a little bit too safe and too overly conservative. And I understand that their offensive line may not be the best compared to how talented it has been in the past. However, I definitely feel like the Buccaneers definitely should try to open things up in the passing game a lot more. And that's something that hasn't really been there with this offense is the explosive plays. And when Bruce Arians was on this coaching staff, that was there. Because you already know about Bruce Arians. One thing he loves is getting a big play and pushing the issue. You already know what his model is. No risk it, no biscuit. Well, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really taking risks this year? Be honest. I mean, yeah, they have a couple of chunk plays here and there, but the previous two seasons, they've had more chunk plays compared to this season. This offense has just been really conservative at times. And with the way the run game has been this year, you definitely have to be a little bit more aggressive when it comes to throwing the football because you can't be having three two-yard completions on first and second down and then put yourself in third and long situations. You got to be able to get five, six, seven yards on first and second downs because those three, four-yard completions ain't going to cut it if you're going to be able to try to make a Super Bowl run if you're a Tampa Bay. And their defense hasn't forced a takeaway since week four against Kansas City. It's been three games since the Buccaneers have had the turnover on defense. This year, they're in the middle of the pack when it comes to takeaways per game. In 2021, they were third in turnovers forced. 2020, they were second in takeaways per game. The Buccaneers offense needs some assistance. And the defense has to be that assistance. And the defense hasn't played bad. Yes, the defense has... I want to say the defense has dropped down because the defense actually is playing better this year than what they did last season. But that was because last year, this defense was mostly injured. So this year, the defense has played pretty good, but they can play better. And this team needs this defense to play better. They need them to force takeaways. They need some extra help. They need to be put in good field position. They need help earning easy points and the defense has to do that and Todd Bowles is one of the brightest defensive minds in the NFL and he's gonna have to get this thing figured out now when you talk about the Carolina Panthers in this game PJ Walker phenomenal performance 16 to 22 177 passing yards two touchdowns no interceptions he went into halftime only throwing one incompletion he had completed 11 passes consecutively at one point. And he had a really nice two-minute drive right before halftime when he hit TJ Moore in the back of the end zone. That was a really nice drive that he put together. And then he had another nice throw to tight end Tommy Trimble 
in the fourth quarter, which pretty much sealed the game for Carolina as they went up 21 to three. The Buccaneers, they just had a lackluster performance on offense and it really hurt their defense because their defense got worn down late in this game and it was visibly shown. And Carolina's offense took advantage of it. And P.J. Walker didn't really have to do too much. But, I mean, he made some really nice throws. He had a really nice play in the first half when it was third down. He sat in the pocket. He moved around a little bit, found the open receiver. And instead of just scrambling outside the pocket, he just moved to the side of the pocket and threw a really nice pass. And that's a sign of growth and development. And maybe the Carolina Panthers got the wrong quarterback. Maybe the guy they should have been starting should have been P.J. Walker because he's had the best performance that we've seen out of a Carolina Panthers quarterback, not just this season, but shoo, since a year and a half. I mean, P.J. Walker has been the best quarterback the Panthers have had in over a year. I mean, based off this performance, this is the best quarterbacking play or quarterback play the Panthers have had in a very long time. And it's not like he lit, he lit the world on fire, but I mean, that just goes to show you just how bad Carolina has been and how much of a win they needed. So they're two and five. And for all of you Panthers fans who are saying, man, we just need to go ahead and tank for Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. This is why you don't give up yet. The NFC South is really up for grabs. I mean, Tampa Bay has three wins. Atlanta's up there. You have two wins. New Orleans has two wins. You win next week, you're right back into the swing of things. You got a chance to win the division. When you look at Tampa Bay, man, in two days, you got to play the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night. And the Ravens are also a team that offensively hasn't really been clicking. So I'm really excited to see that matchup. And I'm going to be talking about that matchup on the next episode of the podcast when we talk about the NFL. But let me know what you guys think about the Panthers dominating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Were you guys surprised? Be honest. Some of you guys may not have been surprised because... Tampa Bay did lose to Pittsburgh and they got lucky to beat Atlanta due to the fact that the referees gave Tom Brady a call that he never should have gotten. So the Buccaneers right now don't look good. Now, because they have Tom Brady, I'm going to give them the benefit of a doubt that they're going to get this thing turned around eventually, but I might be wrong. Maybe Tom Brady, father time has finally caught up to him. Maybe he isn't invincible after all these years. He's finally is showing signs of legitimate regression. The Washington Commanders beat the Green Bay Packers 23 to 21. For Washington, it looks like their season is now starting to turn around. This is their second consecutive win. Meanwhile, for the Green Bay Packers, it looks like their season is now starting to go all the way in the wrong direction. This is their third straight loss. And during this game, I kept on asking myself over and over again, why are the Green Bay Packers not running the football more? Because when the Packers were 3-1, and one, you know what they were doing really well? Running the football. 
Well, they're three and four right now. And you know what they're not doing really well? Running the football. The Washington Commanders outgained the Packers on the ground 166 yards to 38. You know, Green Bay's defense played a really good game. They did everything they could to keep Green Bay in this game and also give the opportunity to the offense to put some points up on the board and help lead the team to victory. However, the offense couldn't do it. And the reason why Green Bay's offense struggled was because they couldn't run the football. Green Bay was in a lot of third and short situations. And they were unable to convert. I mean, there were drop after drop after drop after drop on third down. Alan Lazard had a third down drop. Romeo Dobbs had two third down drops. It seemed like nobody on this Green Bay Packers offense wanted to stay on the field for another drive. Their third down play this season has been incredibly disappointing. They were 0-6 on third down in this game. 0-6. And if Green Bay was more effective running the football, they would have more success on third down because instead of throwing the football on third and three, you can run the football up the gut and keep the drive alive. So you look at Green Bay's defense being on the field for longer due to the fact that their offense can't sustain drives. So eventually, Washington's run game ended up tiring out Green Bay's defense. And I think that Washington could have something really special when you look at their one-two punch at running back between rookie Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And I think that these two running backs complement each other really well. Antonio Gibson is the better third down back or the better all-around back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He has really good hands. And then... You look at Brian Robinson. This is somebody who's really powerful. He he gets up to top speed really fast. He has really good acceleration, and he's really tough. And they gave him 20 carries in this game. And I think that around mid-November, Brian Robinson and this Washington Commanders rushing attack could end up being really deadly. And I think if Washington is going to make a push for the postseason and they're going to get back into the thick of things when it comes to this division, they're going to do it behind these two good running backs and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson because you see Washington's offense started out very slow in this game. Taylor Heineke was one of seven for 14 passing yards and threw a pick six to Devondre Campbell. And then after that, Washington, the following drive, they ran the football effectively. They got into the red zone. Taylor Heineke threw a touchdown pass to Antonio Gibson. And then Washington's offense really started to get rolling. And the run game helped open up the passing game for Washington because then Taylor Heineke hit Scary Terry 37 yards down the field for a touchdown on Jair Alexander. And then it became 17-14. And then Washington really took command of this game in the second half because the Packers offense just was out of sorts, couldn't get anything going, and Washington's offense started clicking at the right moment. And during the fourth quarter of this game, 
Terry McLaurin showed everybody why he's him. He had a big catch on third and nine. Once again on Jair Alexander. This is in the fourth quarter. Washington needs to convert this to stay on the field and keep Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and company on the bench. Terry McLaurin comes back to the ball and makes an incredible catch. On Jair Alexander once again. Like, Terry McLaurin had a very good game. And it may not have been like a 200-yard or 150-yard performance or anything like that, but I think that Terry McLaurin had a very good game for Washington. And he definitely was the main reason why Washington was able to come back and win this game. But the Packers' defense, you know, to their credit, almost won this game by themselves. I mean, they got to pick six. They probably could have had a couple of other turnovers as well. And then they stopped Washington in the red zone a couple of occasions. They were 1-4 when it came to scoring in the red zone, Washington was. So the Packers defense, they definitely played really well. But overall, the Packers need to get something going when it comes to this ground game. Because the passing game... I don't think it's going to be all that improved unless you trade for somebody. You know, you can try to rework some things, try to, you know, maybe switch some people around, try to get better matchups and whatnot. But really what Green Bay needs, they don't have. They don't have a reliable option that Aaron Rodgers can always depend on in third down situations. They don't have that safety blanket anymore. Devontae Adams is gone. So, Who else do you have who can fill that role? I think Sammy Watkins could. I believe Sammy Watkins needs to be involved way more in this offense than how he has so far. And albeit, you know, he has to stay healthy. But when he's on the field and he gets volume, he's really productive. Look at what he did when he was with Kansas City. Look at what he's done everywhere he's been. Like, Sammy Watkins is not a scrub. He can play. He just can't stay healthy. But... Since he is healthy right now, Green Bay should try to get the most out of him and at least try to get him 9-10 targets a game because Sammy Watkins is a really talented wide receiver. So with the young youth that Green Bay has brought in that wide receiver over the course of this past offseason, you know, I was thinking with them signing Sammy Watkins, they planned on actually having a legitimate role for him because he's a veteran, he's been around the block, and... For Aaron Rodgers, this is probably somebody who you should be able to gravitate towards because this is a veteran. This is somebody who knows the game. This is somebody who wasn't just playing college football a year ago. So I think that Green Bay has to do a better job getting Sammy Watkins more involved in this offense. He's a veteran. He probably is the most experienced wide receiver that you have currently on your roster. You got to get them involved. And the Packers need to find a way to get back being productive on the ground. Because that's when this team was playing their best football. And it seems like they have kind of lost their way and they've gotten away from their identity of what works. But Washington improves to 3-4 and four on the season. Green Bay drops to 3-4, and four, their third consecutive loss. 
Let me know what you guys think about the Commanders' upset victory over Green Bay down in the comment section down below. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Remember, the JT Sports Podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode.